Welcome to the Niagara Sports Hub, where we'll spend 15 minutes talking NFL football and other topical sports with Mike Fisher of Sports Illustrated and Cowboy Nation. This season is sponsored by Niagara, the industry leader in high-performance, high-efficiency toilets for professional contractors like you. Learn more at NiagaraSportsHub.com. Welcome back to the Niagara Sports Hub. I'm here with my good buddy Tim and Mike Fisher. How are you guys doing this morning? Outstanding, thank you. <laughs> it's an outstanding Friday morning in Central Illinois. How about you, JP? Good. Hey guys, I, I have a question for you. If I name the name Hunk Anderson, Hunk Anderson, do you know what what relevance or his parents were bad <laughs> at naming their children? <laughs> no, he was in 1933. He was the last. Notre Dame coach to leave voluntarily. I heard this on the radio yesterday. I have to give them. Oh, credit, wow. But, um, no other coach oh. has left that program voluntarily since Brian Kelly just wow. uh, last week. Uh, you know, that it's not exactly my bailiwick college football, but I don't understand. Yeah. I don't either. This program is better than that program. That program is better than this program. Did you do you not get the opportunity to like go to your present employer and go, hey, listen, I got an offer down there for a hundred million dollars. You know, you, you want to do anything about it? But is LSU a better job than Notre Dame? I don't know. I was listening to sports talk radio yesterday, and they were talking. Maybe the shine is you know the lusters come off Notre Dame a little bit. I, I just don't think so. I mean, they still have that NBC contract. It's like their own brand. I mean, that's a huge, huge. Right. Thing. It is. They're assured. They're basically assured nine to ten wins a year based on who they play. Not in a conference. They write their own ticket. It, it was a move that caught, I think, most people off guard. I didn't expect yeah. it. Much like the Lincoln Kelly to USC. But at the end of the day, right, it's same all thing. about it's all about money. Is USC a better job than Oklahoma? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma is really good every year. It, it to me, it's interesting. On the one hand, I don't really want to go to the SEC. LSU, there's there's nine LSUs or better in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, you have a one in nine chance of winning that conference. There's a chance every weekend you're going to get your ass whipped by another team. Yeah. Notre Dame right. doesn't. Notre Dame does not have that issue. Neither does right. Oklahoma. So I, and, I can, now Oklahoma, of course, Oklahoma will the as they're moving. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's something to do with being on the West Coast. You're in. LA. Look, I get it. It's sunny in LA. Um, I, I get it too. I get it that by the time they're they're giving you houses and buying your old houses at twice their the, the Here's real a value. Here's a jet. Fly wherever you want, whenever you want. Here's the jet. And if they're going to give you a jet, they probably also give you a helicopter. Of course, they don't have to give you one. You can just buy one. And you can, you know, a lot of, there's guys, movie stars, whatever, that live in Malibu that take a helicopter to work every day. Will Ferrell will become his best friend since he's yeah, there. You go. So I, exactly. I get it too. We certainly, I certainly get it in pro sports. So I get it with the Lakers and and all the rest. So maybe some of the same thing applies there. Brett Bielema did this to the Badgers, my beloved Badgers, my Wisconsin Badgers. Left right before a bowl game, went down to Arkansas, like we were just talking about, going to a conference where he's just going to get his ass handed to him, and he did. And he did. He was there, what, three, four years? And then he's now back at the University of Illinois, Tim? 
Good luck. Yeah, we're, if they had just won <laughs> one more game, they'd be in a bowl. Um, I actually thought it was a good hire here at the University of Illinois. It was probably, probably the best they were going to get. Uh, he's a Big Ten guy, played at Iowa, coached at Wisconsin, um, actually coached at my alma mater, K-State, for a year or two. So college coaches are going to do what college coaches do. What I'm more interested in is, Mike, Dallas did not have a good November. The Cowboys did not yeah. have a good November. Yeah. Uh, they bounced back last night, but, man, it was not pretty. And after last week's whatever that was on Thanksgiving Day, that game oh, it was rancid. That was rancid turkey right there. But yeah. um, they bounced back last night, even though they did have – Zeke, they lost, I'm not they sure what's going on. in November, yeah. um, and uh, they they didn't play – I mean, there, there wasn't anything about them that was right. They, they, it's not like, well, boy, we, we were really good in this area, and then the ball bounced wrong for us. That just really wasn't the case during that entire month. Uh, in the New Orleans game, I, uh, like Dak said after Dak Prescott, you know, a, a win is a win. He said, but – they, they recognize, especially on offense, Oof. right now they can't run the football. Ezekiel Elliott's knee is not right, and the offensive yeah. line isn't playing well. But uh, you, you can't argue now that, okay, well, nothing went right. They got lucky because the defense was, was superb, mm-hmm. especially in the area that we've talked about here before, where uh, do they have a collection of great defensive uh, – do they have a great defense? No. Do they have a collection of great playmakers on their defense? That they do, and now Tank Lawrence was back. His first game back since week two uh, after a foot surgery. Had six pressures last night. Micah Parsons, I I think the world is getting to see. He's not just defensive rookie of the year candidate. He's a defensive player of the year year, candidate. Trayvon Diggs gets another interception, and they get a pick six from the defensive lineman uh, Carlos Watkins. And Randy Gregory is coming back probably 10 days from now when they play at Washington. Neville Gallimore, another uh, young defensive lineman coming back. So, Jerry Jones keeps saying the cavalry cavalry is coming, and last night it it did that to some degree. Although I was worried Watkins was going to make it to the end zone at the end, I was like, <laughs> "Oh, is Hill going to catch him and, and throw him out of bounds?" <laughs> yeah, he said it, he said Dude, that kind of play is every fat guy's dream. But you're right; the nightmare is when it somehow goes wrong. So keep Mike McCarthy on the COVID list one more week, then, or you no? Know, um, <laughs> I'm on CowboysSI.com, I'm getting ready to write that story, and I'm trying to figure out how to how to write the headline so it's both provocative and not insulting. Yeah, yeah. And where the context is right. Yeah. Because it is on the mind of Cowboy fans who who have decided, decided on the very first day they just weren't – Mike McCarthy just wasn't their guy. And I'm not sure why they decided that, but, but, but many did. Uh, maybe they just think he's a Packers guy. Maybe that's it. And so, yeah, there's certainly at least a segment of Cowboys Nation that's going, see, I told you Dan Quinn was better. And that, that that's not logical or fair, but um, it, it was interesting. I mean, I, I don't have my head coach because of COVID. Uh, this guy, Dan Quinn, who's obviously got some skins on the wall, steps in. And and in a lot of ways, they, they essentially don't miss a beat. Uh, that, that's, that's, uh, that says something good, though, about Mike McCarthy. That says that they they built a foundation, yeah. Uh, that that they've institutionalized a way to do things, uh, and that and I mean Dan Quinn did Mike McCarthy's bidding in that game. 
And yeah. that's the way it should be. So uh, good for both of them. I will say, though, uh, you know, Dan Quinn, when, when one of those defensive players last night made a great play, he was the first one to go over and give him a hug. I mean, he seems like a, a player's coach and they really respect him. And I think there was a quote from Micah Parsons said he's kind of like the crazy uncle or something like yeah. that. But I think they all respect him. So what good for him? Backward, oh, and all. Backward cap and all. Yeah. Uh, you don't see that too often. <laughs> Uh, in a head coach. Uh, and in fact, when he was a head coach in Atlanta, he did not, he, he, he had some dignity about him and he wore his cap forward. This was almost, and I tweeted this last night at fish sports on Twitter. That, that's how he always dresses. That's how he dresses every day at the star. And so, yeah, uh, he, he dresses like he's, he's going to home Depot to buy a rape. <laughs> and that's how he's dressed. And that, um, the backwards hat, which uh, I raised two sons, it's kind of funny now, but I was really serious about it. Th- this shows how old I am. I forbid they were forbidden to wear their hat backwards until they turned eighteen. Now I wasn't that kind of a dad. I wasn't. I mean, I I didn't you know hit them with a stick or anything, but I did have things like that. That now I look back and I go, what was my point again? But but it was like that. The, the hat is is made to wear forward. It's not the, the bill is to shade your eyes, not to shade your neck. So if you're going to wear a ball cap, wear it like a ball player. That's what I would say. And for some somehow, some way they abided by it and never did. And don't today wear their hat backwards because they were prop, they were raised right. That's why. JP, did you think we'd be talking hat etiquette on Niagara Sports Hub? <laughs> no, but I, but I like it. I like it. Well, at the end of the day, though, Mike, the Cowboys, if they're going to be a player in playoffs, they've got to fix the offense. They've got to fix the offense. Is it just something halved up or what? Yeah. Uh, and they don't have to have a great running game. I mean, teams have teams have done it without a great running game. Uh, you know, it's a little deceiving because if you're just looking at the stat sheet, you're going, what do you mean? They, they rush for plenty of yards. But that's because Tony Pollard had 58 yards rushing on one play. Which was which was an electric thing, by the way. But they yeah. they had a lot of they. I think they might have had five three and outs mm-hmm. in that game, mm-hmm. uh, and they punted a bunch of times. The the one thing you can say about their offense, you could see it on that third possession, forty uh, one yard pass to Amari Cooper. Then comes the big catch and run. I think thirty three more yards with Ceedee Lamb, and then comes the spectacular yeah. catch uh, by You got Moss toe tap uh, touchdown from Michael Gallup. So all three of those receivers all get to do something big on that drive. You you could see that the Cowboys have something on offense, but it's not a running game, not right now. JP, what did you think about the penalties last night? Did you have any issues with any of the uh, ref any of the refs or anything? No, not as bad as that Thanksgiving game. Uh, <laughs> was, I I don't even know who the head ref was, but every time he threw a flag and did a motion, it was like a Swan Lake uh recital. He was yeah, perfect form and flowing, and you know when he said first down, it was just it was perfect form. I have to say, but they threw like thirty five penalties in that game. It was just it just disrupted the flow of the game, which was hard to watch. But yeah, there's twenty eight penalties okay. in the Thanksgiving game. So the fact that last night there weren't twenty eight penalties means yeah. we're we're making a great deal of progress <laughs> right. in the zebra room. That's right. I, Would you say in the past, Mike, they should never be seen or heard? That's how I view them. Uh, I, I view them like they're they're a stop and go light. They're they're just there to say yes or no. That's all. 
You don't you don't put up a stop sign and have it be for show. You just you put up a stop sign so people stop and then they go. That's that's it. We we shouldn't even know the refs' names, let let alone uh, know what their stats are on the road when they do this team uh, outdoor stadiums. We we sh- I mean obviously we live in an information age, but I wish that we didn't know all that stuff because I wish it didn't matter, but it does because uh, of the inefficient. Uh, to be kind way that they often do their jobs. Yeah. I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about major league baseball. You know, they had the lockout a couple nights ago and I didn't even know about it until about 10 o'clock at night that night. But um, is it just all about money? To some degree, they kind of can't get out of their way. The Texas Rangers just signed for the, for the, they, they did the big A-Rod deal years ago, but otherwise the Texas Rangers have never been, quote, spenders. Um, they used to pretend they're a small market team. Well, you know, we're just in Arlington, Texas. No, you're not in Arlington, Texas. You're in, I mean, the stadium's in Arlington, but you're Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, Plano. Come on. Uh, you're Texas. You're the entire upper half of the state of Texas. But they used to play that game. So now they spent a zillion dollars on three guys, and that should be the story in baseball. Free agency, signings, movement. But but sometimes baseball can't can't get out of its own way, and so sharing the headlines is this is this unfortunate story. I assume that it's going to get worked out because if the teams really thought there was a problem, they wouldn't be signing people to thirty three hundred and fifty million dollar contracts. So uh, I, I'm sure it'll work itself. Yeah, out. you think the owner of the Mets is going to be like, yeah, let's uh, let's hold this out on a full season when they just signed yeah. Max Scherzer for you know two billion dollars or what? Exactly right. <laughs> Uh, but it got me thinking about uh, uh, football and the the player strike. What was it, 1987? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do, do you recall that? And who was your favorite scrub player? <laughs> yeah, and they called them they called them scabs. Scabs. Remember that? That's right, scabs. But I I wasn't very familiar with the way unions work and all the rest. And you know, while I certainly have respect for the way they work now, I remember guys. You know veterans deciding to eventually cross the picket line and getting in trouble for it with, with, with their colleagues. And I just, as, as an outside observer did kind of think, I don't know, man, I mean, I, I, I gotta, I gotta pay my bills. I gotta, I gotta pay the rent. I got, I got, you know, the kids got to eat. So uh, I, I, that's what I remember about it. The, the conflict within the, the body of players over what we should do. And um, of course, it's never been a strong union anyway, um, because it's n- because it's not a good union. It's not even really a union. But um, I-, I hope we never go there again. Not only because it, it it robbed us of football, and I don't know how we possibly could stand that. You know, I I do think that that is a brotherhood and a fraternity, and it's good that it is. Uh, it saddened me to see guys have to be at each other's throats in in that way. Yeah, Eric Kramer. That's who came out of that, Tim. Remember him? Minnesota Vikings. Well, Bears, too. He held Bears, a, too. He held Bears records until Jay Cutler came along. And this is what's so sad about the Bears. I thought Sid Luckman held all the records in the Bears. Well, speaking of the union, just help me with my ignorance on this. I, I read that Antonio Brown was suspended three games for um, not following COVID protocols and possibly like forging a document or something like that. And it, 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 like, I'm just trying to wonder, 
Aaron Rodgers gets one game suspension, Antonio Brown three. Is there more that's to this that I'm not seeing? It could be argued that while Antonio Brown lied to the league, all Aaron Rodgers did was lie to the public. That the the team knew that Aaron what Aaron Rodgers was doing, and they everybody just now they still conspired to keep it a secret. And my argument, uh, and I and I fall back on this all the time in my defense of the fan. What do you mean he only lied to the fans? What do you mean only the fans? Yeah, yeah. I I, I thought the whole game was about. I thought the whole sport was about the fans. That's what you keep telling us. In fact, uh, aren't the fans? stockholders of the NFL. Uh, we invest our time and our money, our heart, our souls. And in a more literal sense, aren't Packers fans literally stockholders of the Packers Yep. in, in that goofy uh, con artist setup that they have up there? But still, <laughs> what do you mean? What, what do you mean there's a difference? Because he lied. He, that one lied to the commissioner, but that one just lied to 100 million fans. Yeah. 100 million fans is kind of important, I thought, NFL. So uh, I'm I'm very disappointed um, in their decision there, in large part, of course, because I have such distaste for Aaron Rodgers yeah. because I grew up in Minnesota. Yeah. And at what point, and maybe I shouldn't think this way. In fact, I asked a buddy of mine that played in the NFL, knows Antonio Brown, and I asked him, I said, at what point does Antonio realize he's been given so many chances? Why are you going to screw this one up mm-hmm. with something such an – in such an asinine way. And my, my friend was just like, he's a dumbass. He just, he can't get out of yeah. his own way. Um, he might not be the only guy who has a, you know, it's, it's like seven, 20 year olds with fake IDs. There's not just one. You weren't the only one, Tim, with the, you weren't the only one. Uh, sure. the, the guy that made yours made others. makes a lot of them. Yeah. And so I would suggest, and I don't know anything about the specifics of it, except to say, that if one guy who plays for the Buccaneers has a fake Vax card, then maybe two guys too. And if two guys have it with the Buccaneers, then maybe two guys have it with the Cowboys and the Broncos and the Bears too. It's it, it's it's probably a thing. I, I might also suggest that that maybe the NFL doesn't even want to bother open. You know, you want everybody to be safe. They're they're bringing an awful lot of negative publicity to something that could be handled better. Yep. sick is sick. That, that's, that's one thing. And mm-hmm. spreading is spreading. That's one thing, but I've never liked the NFL's ability to, to make up the rules as it goes along. It, it's, it's got so much power um, that, that we are asking ourselves, what's the difference between Aaron and Antonio mm-hmm. and there shouldn't be a difference. Right. I, I like it better. This goes for refereeing, but it also goes all the way up to the top. If you drive, 40 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone and you get a ticket. It says right on the ticket what you did and what the fine is. It's very specific. You're 10 miles over the speed limit. That's a $70 fine. The NFL hands out all kinds of tickets, but then you look at the back of it. It doesn't say anything on the back. There's no definition. It's made up as they go along. Uh, Cowboy player uh, after the Thanksgiving game, Tristan Hill punched somebody with an punched with an open hand and knocked the Raiders helmet off. The NFL let us see a snippet, a three-second snippet of the open-handed punch. They didn't let us see the 12 seconds where the Raider player is belly bumping him three times before he finally does his thing. Uh, In the NFL's ruling, 
John Runyon, who happened to have played for the Eagles, and so theoretically, maybe he's not a Cowboy fan, theoretically, he wrote basically that the Cowboy player was the instigator. Well, the 12 seconds of video demonstrates that he was the co-instigator. Yeah. Uh, he also writes that he's guilty of unsportsmanlike conduct. Well, both of them. What, if you belly bump me three times, you're also guilty of unsportsmanlike conduct. So I wish it, I wish they'd hand out the tickets and it would say exactly every single violation should be judged every single same punishment. John Gruden is suing the NFL and Roger Goodell. But I think it's interesting because I think a lot of names are going to come out of those emails. There's 650,000 emails. Mm-hmm. John Gruden can't be the only guy who ever told a dirty, nasty, disgusting, sick joke or had a dirty, nasty, disgusting, sick opinion. Impossible. The NFL, sure, again, this is another one that they would be wise to find a way to to quash Mm -hmm. because just on the surface of it, all the people that John Gruden sent those emails to, anybody that didn't respond by saying, John, take me off your list. What is this disgusting... Mm-hmm. All those people are are guilty by association. Yeah. Yep. Um, let alone all the people that emailed back and said, "Ha ha, good one," or "Ha ha, yeah, I agree with you about gay people, black people, Asian people, women." Mm-hmm. Um, yes, a, a lot of people are going to be dragged down by this. Maybe they should be. Yeah. Maybe may, maybe they should be. Real quick, before we get out of here and ask, you know, kind of close it with some questions about YouTube and. Some issues Mike's had this week. Um, oh. did, did want to let everybody know, Cowboys gear, Niagara gear, Mechanical Hub swag, it's all available for some lucky winner in December. We've got you covered. Go to NiagaraSportsHub.com, Tanner, for your chance to win some of this cool swag from Cowboys to Niagara to Mechanical Hub swag. So go join us. Mike, um, have you found the Tom Landry uh, impersonator? And if you did... What have you done to him or her? All right, so um, we have a we have a uh, fairly popular YouTube channel called Fish Report. It's got forty thousand subscribers. It's cowboy fans and football fans and whatnot. Great and stuff on it. Thank you. And yes, I've discovered that somebody who is to who does indeed represent the Dallas Cowboys um, has found something in my videos from two years ago that he thought is a crop copyright infringement. Now, most, many of my videos are me sitting in the kitchen talking. So I don't, I, I don't know. I have no idea. So yeah, the, it's the person's actually real, and the person's email is is a tribute to Tom Landry. And so I've been trying to contact YouTube and try to explain them. Tom Landry's dead, <laughs> and the Tom Landry that I knew and I did know him would not disapprove of me sitting in the kitchen with my wife talking about football. And so we're trying to get to the bottom of it. But yeah, uh, it, the, the part that's not funny is, so they've put me in, I mean, I'm in the, I'm in jail. Mm, doghouse. The only way to get out of jail is if, if Tom Landry does not respond to me in 14 days, then, then they let me out of jail. If he does respond to me, it'll be in the, however, it'll be in the form of a lawsuit. And, and what I've tried to explain to some cowboy people that could hopefully fix this is the guy that's in charge of doing this, I assume is at the, maybe he's headquarters of star. I'm like, I'm in the next cubicle over. Couldn't you just lean back and say, Hey, Fisher, you, you got to, you put up a video. I don't like mm-hmm. in, instead, you know, because I mean that YouTube is, as you guys know, that's 
in part uh, a, a way to not only spread the word of what we do, but also to make a living. So yeah, yeah, it's a substantial kick to the crotch. I think it's weird that the guy calls himself Tom Landry, but but I don't I'm not going to say that anymore because now I need him to forgive me. So bless you, Tom Landry fake. I love you. Could it be the guy walking around wearing a fedora? Yep. <laughs> if, if when I get back to start, if I see a if I see a handsome older gentleman in a fedora, I'll I'll know who the uh, I know who my accuser is. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, thanks again, Mike. And just for everybody listening to us today and over the next week, is um, we've got one more of these shows this year coming up on the eighteenth, December eighteenth, and we're hoping to have a cool guest that Mike's going to bring on. So um, we've got a couple weeks to work on that, but. We're hoping to have a cool guest uh, to come on and share 10 or 15 minutes with us and tell some stories. We will uh, We'll get to work on protecting the star. That's your clue. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for jumping on. Always right, an insightful conversation every Friday. We, we try to do this. So thanks again, Mike. Appreciate it.